John chapter 2, the verse number 1 through verse number 11. We stand to honor God in the reading of God's word as a tradition in this church. John, the second chapter, the first verse, the 11th verse. And the Bible says, we together, one to the Bible says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he said unto you, do it. But six says, and there were set there six water pots of stones after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three fair skins apiece. Seven said, Jesus said unto them, fill the water pot with water, and they fill them up to the brim. He says, and he said unto them, draw out now, and bear it, bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, both the seven withdrew the water new. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and said unto him, Every man at the beginning thus set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Verse 11. This beginning of miracles, the Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested for the glory and the disciples Believed on him. Tell somebody, maintain the flow. Say, restore your flow. Restore your flow. Please be seated right now. Restoring the flow. There's room for what the enemy tried to destroy. There's room for God to fix it. There is something that is so amazing about God. That he never gives up on us. Our God will never leave you. Oftentimes, other people say, The Holy Spirit left me. You didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't leave you. You left him because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God, whatever that was broken can be mended, whatever that was destroyed can be fixed, whatever that was stolen can be restored. And as a matter of fact, restitution can even take place. In God, when it is lost, it can be found. He can leave the 99 to go and look for the one. Because as for God, he will never give up on you. There is room for all those who are under the sound of my voice, who for whatever reason you've lost your flow, lost your oil, lost your mantle, lost your gifting, lost your, 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 your spiritual journey with God. There is room for restoration. And this message this morning is for anyone in the sound of my voice who trusts in God to restore unto you the flow, the power, the oil, what you used to have that the enemy took from you. God can make restoration. You're clapping the second house word. The story takes us on a journey of restoration. A journey of God making it unto you again. David said, cast me not away and take not your spirit from me. But restore unto me the joy of my salvation. In God, you can be restored. Tell somebody, you can be restored. Come on, speak to somebody like you say, you can be restored. Say, I see you being restored. Say, you will be restored. You're clapping a sick in the house right now. Oh, oh, somebody ought to clap their hands better. Someone ought to clap their hands better. The story, he has stood with something bright, awesome, and powerful. Powerful, mighty, awesome. 
It starts with the invitation of Jesus. The Bible said it was a wedding, a marriage ceremony in Cana of Galilee. And Jesus was invited. Jesus was asked to come in. A letter was sent to him. A message was sent to him. Mouth was open that Jesus come into the ceremony because without you, we have already failed. We need you in this life. Isn't it awesome and amazing to know that many of us, understand my voice, at least for me and for all of you, I want to believe that your story just changed the day you invited Jesus into your life. You're clapping. Oh, 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 somebody was, somebody's not clapping their hands now. Somebody want me to say something powerful, something bare, something wounds But I tell you what, it all started at the invitation of Jesus Christ. Your story, your destiny, your life changed the day Jesus walked into your life. And for me as a pastor and as a pastor, I can literally point to that event. I can point to that day. I can literally go there right now in the spirit and remember what took place. My God. I remember at that crusade at the school park. I remember the guy that was preaching. It was a guy and his wife called Brother Sister Taswell from the U.S. They had come to preach and to do a crusade. And at the altar call, they call and they ask for people to give their life to Christ. And at that time, a 16-year-old young man, I walked forward not knowing the journey that God was going to take with me after. I went forward as many went forward and I opened my mouth and I said Lord Jesus I accept that I'm a sinner I need you and so right now I ask you to come into my heart become the master and the savior of my soul forgive me of my sins and when I accepted him when I accepted him into my life the rest is history every day of my life he's been faithful he's been good he's been kind He's been merciful. He has never left me. The devil is a liar. I want to talk to someone right now that your story will change. Your destiny will change. Your life will change when you open your life and open your heart to Jesus. Can I get a clap in the house right now? Because wherever Jesus shows up, there is a flow. Please understand that wherever Jesus goes, there is a flow. The Bible Bible says he went to a wedding and at the wedding Jesus was invited and the floor was on. The floor continued. What was that floor? There was a floor of the seven of wine. There was a floor. The party was on. Can I talk to you today? There can never be a party without Jesus and the real party is in Christ. And you haven't party yet unto Jesus is in your life. Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you open me, I will come and I will feast. I will party. I will enjoy with you. Today, I challenge you. If you are yet to make the all important, critical, and the most powerful decision of your life to act Jesus to come into your life I challenge you to do so because when it comes the party starts when it comes the feasting starts when it comes the celebration starts when it comes all things turn around when it comes what was meant for evil turns for good when it comes your shame to glory your pain to praise your confusion to joy the devil is a liar the story of Gideon so change the day I open my heart. We open your heart and receive Jesus into your heart. The invitation. Oh, you're not clap your hands well. You're not clap your hands well. You're not clap your hands well. 
tell somebody I can literally trace the transformation the transformation tell someone I can literally trace the transformation of my life to the day I opened my mouth and I made the all important critical decision of my life do I have a witness in the house is anybody in agreement with me that Jesus saves that Jesus saved he saves he redeemed let the redeemer of the Lord say so who has who he has redeemed from your past from your shame from your destruction from your self-sabotage come on clap and shout now say Jesus Jesus was invited and the flow was on what was the flow here the flow of wine the flow of wine there was wine flowing and flowing why wine because wine is symbolic watch it wine brings gladness psalm 104 and verse number 15 the bible says and wine that make it glad the heart of man you are not glad until just bring the flow of wine in your life whenever jesus is in your story gladness is part of you can you smile and tell somebody I know nothing but gladness. Say this week you will be glad. Will you talk to sister? This week you will be glad. I came against the spirit of shame, depression, anxiety, and worry. The devil is a liar. You'll be glad. You'll be glad. You'll be joyful. The Bible says the one that make it glad the heart of man. You don't understand the soul of my gladness the source of my joy you have no idea I am glad, I'm excited I am blessed I got no bad days from Monday to Friday every day of my life to Saturday especially on Sunday I get so glad because the man Jesus is in my life I decree and declare let your Mondays, your Tuesdays your Wednesdays, your Thursdays, your Fridays, your Saturday, and especially your Sunday, be filled with the gladness of only Jesus. You're clapping the second house right now. You're clapping the second house right now. You're clapping the Bible says, Judges chapter 9, and verse number 13. Judges 9 and the verse number 10. The Bible says, And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine with children, God, and man? So wine brings cheer. Tell somebody it's about time you cheer. So there's something about Jesus and chilling. Are you talking to somebody? So there's something about Jesus and chilling. The devil is a liar. Wine brings cheerfulness. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is compared to wine. Ephesians chapter 5 and the verse number 18. The Bible says and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit of God but be filled with the spirit when we talk about wine we are talking about the spirit of God and the Bible says the flow was on and even though this was awesome yet in the moment of time they lost the flow of the wine they lost their flow I want to pause for two minutes and talk to all those who are pretending but they've lost it. I want to preach to all those who are faking but they've lost it. There comes a time sometimes in your walk with God that you can lose the flow. You can lose the oil. You can miss it. Somewhere, somehow in between the service whilst the service was going on their wine got short. They lost wine. They ran out of wine. 
water, their oil, their wine disappeared. Sometimes in our walk with God, we can lose something, we can miss it. David said, Restore. Why was there a need for David to pray the prayer of restoration? He prayed the prayer of restoration because in his quest, in his journey of serving God, he slipped and fell and lost it. The Bible said, Rejoice not over me, all my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light. The righteous shall fall seven times, but the righteous will come back again. Your comeback will be greater than your setback. You've fallen, you've lost it, but I came here with a word that God is in the business of restoring. Your hair will grow again. Your oil will come again. There shall be a recovery, a restoration. Can you slap your name? Say restore. Can you clap your hands better? Can you clap your hands better? Oh, somebody clap your hands better. 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 Somebody clap those hands like God gave you. Somebody out of shot right now. Out of shot right now. Out of shot right now. Come on, smile in your mouth and tell somebody you shall be restored. You shall be restored. I refuse to fake it. Today, I'm going back to God for restoration of the oil. I'm going back to God for restoration of my flow. I've lost my bearing. I miss out. I've fallen. I've been down. I've lost my anointing. The joy is gone. The gladness is gone. I used to pray. I used to tarry. I used to wait on God. I used to be on fire. But right now, I've lost it. The devil is a liar. But the enemy can't keep me in the dark. I cannot continue to pretend I got it. I'm going to go back to God. I'm going to come back to God. I'm not going to replace the oil with the fake oil. I'm going to come back to God. That God, give me back. Take me back to where I used to be. Is anybody joining me in that prayer this morning that God, take me back. Oh, you're not clapping your hands. What? You're not clapping your hands. What? Be serious. They ran out of wine. They lost their flow. The flow stopped. The flow stopped. Whoosh. The flow stopped. You'd be surprised how many of us have lost our flow, but we keep on keeping on. We lost our gold. We lost the oil. We've lost our influence. We've lost the real thing. We are pretending to have it, but we lost it. We are laughing and smiling, but we lost it. They lost the flow. They lost the oil. They lost the anointing. Pow! The oil ceased. The wine stopped in the middle of the wedding. The Bible says they went to Mary and said, Mary, we run out of wine. And the Bible says, Mary did not judge them. Mary did not condemn them. Mary did not accuse them. Mary did not say, but why didn't you plan for the wedding well? Mary did not criticize them. But Mary said, I am going to stand between your luck and what will fill the luck. The Bible says, Mary went to Jesus and said, they've run out of wine. My 
prayer for you today is that God will restore unto you and that God will give you merits. My prayer for the church today that God will raise many merits in our lives. Let there be people in our lives who can help you on your journey of restoration. Let there be people in your life who will not criticize, accuse, abuse and judge you. But you can open up to and tell them I've lost my flow. I've lost my oil. I can't, I don't feel it like before. I need God. I need consecration. I need power. I need recovery. And they will not judge you. But they will hold your hands and take you on the journey of restoration. Where are the merits of the church? We run out of wine. We lost our oil. They went to Mary. Tell somebody, my prayer for you today. And please say, I say, my prayer for you today is that you are my Mary. You are my Mary. Say, so I just pray that you are my Mary. Say, so I just pray that you are not in the business of judging because I'm dealing with a lot. Say, so my prayer for you today is that when I open up to you about what I'm dealing with, I will not hear it on social media. It will not be posted on Twitter, on Instagram, on social media. My prayer right now is that I will be kind enough, caring enough, move enough, bless enough. Well, so my prayer for you today is that we don't use what we have to spite other people of what they don't have but together we can restore those who have lost their flaw my prayers that God will rest in the church strong people anointed people mature people who can help you on your journey you're clapping a sick in the house right now oh you're clapping a sick Oh, you're clapping and sick. Come on, slap your hand better right now. Isn't something, isn't there something about Mary that the Bible says when Mary went to Elizabeth, the baby in the womb of Elizabeth leaped. She's been pregnant for six months. But for the last six months, she has not had the baby move. Her baby is almost dead. The thing is inside, but weak and dead. But the Bible said, when Elizabeth had the salutation of Mary, the baby in the womb of Elizabeth leap. There are people that their connection will wake your baby up. Their contact will stir you up. Their salutation will anoint you. Their tweet and text to you will stir you up and your baby will live. I pray for you now that God will give you a Mary that will wake your baby up. You're clapping and singing the house right now. You're clapping and singing the house right now. You're clapping and singing the house right now. Hey! Mary! The baby! Put it on us and say, Father, let my baby live. Tell somebody, connect yourself to people who wake up your baby. Say, I've been meaning to talk to you about this for some time now. Thank God we are talking today. Say, connect yourself to people who will be in the business of waking your baby up. Say, your baby can die. Your dream can die. Your anointing can die. Your calling will not die. Your flow will not die. Your dream will not die. Your vision will not die. Your expectation will not die. Your calling will not die. Your ministry will not die. What God called you to do will not die. May God connect you to a Mary that will stir, that will activate, that will provoke, that will release oh yeah. The Marys are those who are spiritually discerning, spiritually connected. See, that will help you on your journey of restoration. Old lady Elizabeth, baby had not kicked for a long time. There are people sitting in church whose babies are not kicking. 
There are people sitting in church who are worshiping, but their babies, their dreams are dying. They are praising God, but their baby has not kept us. You have no idea how many people haven't had the real experience of the Holy Ghost since the beginning of this year. You have no idea how many people are just trying to survive. Their babies have no kick. They are serving God, but their dreams are shattered. Expectation tattered. The idea shattered. What their plan didn't work. What they prayed for hasn't worked. Everything looks as coming down and crumbling down. They are praising, but tired. They are pushing, but tired. They are clapping, but afraid. They are down. They are down. But today, my prayer for you is that God will connect you to a Mary who will stare the gift of God for as iron sharpened iron, so do a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. I declare right now, let your Mary be released. Say yes. Mary says, If you don't have wine, let me take you to the master. They took him to Jesus, and few things Mary said and Christ did is what I'm preaching from. For somebody to be restored this morning, you're clapping the second house right now. The Bible says, the Bible says, Mary told them that whatsoever he tells you, do it. This means that you have to get to him and talk to him so he can hear you and do. For you, that which only God can do. Prayer is the place where we speak to God. Mary says, go to him and whatsoever he tells you, do it. Hear me church. It is one thing to have Jesus in your life, but it's another thing to engage him. Hello? 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 It is one thing to be a Christian, but it's another thing to actually put your faith at work and engage God. Jesus was around. But Jesus will not do that which only Jesus can do unless you engage him. It is in your engagement of him that you show out and show forth. Mary said, they need wine. His mother said unto the servant, whatsoever he tells you, do it. Verse 3 said, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Will you be a real Christian this morning and engage God? It is one thing to be a Christian, but another thing to be one that engages God. There are many people who are Christians but they are in charge of their own lives. It is not about coming to church on Sundays. It's about engaging him. It's about making Jesus a constant feature and a part of your life. He's your life. Without him, you can do nothing. So engaging God means you wake up in the morning, you talk to him. You In the afternoon, you talk to him. In the evening, you talk to him. You engage him in prayer. You engage him in the word. And you engage him in worship. Because prayer opens the heavens. But worship and praises bring God down to do for you that which only God can do. I'm not just a Christian by way of name. I am an engaged Christian, I am a Christian alive. I am a child of God who can't just get up unless I prayed. I can't move unless I prayed. I can't do anything unless I've consulted God on what God is saying. I want to know the mind of God, the ideas of God. I want to know what God is saying. Oh God, will you reveal to me your secret and your plan? I am an engaging believer. Oh, you're clapping and sick. You're clapping and sick. You're clapping and sick. You're clapping and sick. Somebody, you can clap your hands better than that. Can clap better than that. Can clap better than that. Can clap better than that. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. 
the devil is a liar you can only know what God wants you to do when you spend time with him in prayer in worship and in meditating of the word the flow when you engage him he will give you keys to restore your flow he went to him and said they want wine we need wine Jesus will not do for you that which he can do because you need it he will do it for you because you engage him by faith you say God by the arm of flesh I can do nothing I need you the Bible says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit it's about time you allow the Holy Ghost to drive you to move you to direct you to undergird you will you live your life engaging God will you join me for take charge every morning as we engage God will you engage God in the afternoon in the office will you engage God about whatever situation you are dealing with engage Jesus we need why we need why we need why we need why we need one number one engage him journey to restoration number one engage him the reason why many people miss the flow is because they walk and they serve God without engaging him you can be engaged in something thinking it's for God but it's not God Saul thought he was fighting for Jesus Christ but he was against him many of you have done stuff Martha was busy cooking when God wanted her to hear the word Sometimes activities doesn't mean you are connected to God. There's a difference between swelling and growing. It can swell, but it hasn't grown. And if it's the thing, it's just a swell to bust with no time. Growth is really connection, contact, real proper. Look at me. Your walk with God goes to a whole new level when you become an engaging believer. Do you think that God will not God will not have been able to show them the promised land? God could show them the promised land, but God, I'm not showing the promised land because when I show the promised land, you will not come back to me. I want relationship so every day of your life. You are going to come back to me to show me God what next. So every day, Moses went to the people and went to God and God showed them what to do. I know that you wish you were solely in charge of your life. But God said, I need relationship. It's a daily communication. It's a daily affair. How dare you wake up in the morning and not connect to your master. It's about time you get out of your own selfish believer and be an engaging believer, an engaging child of God. You wake up in the morning and say, Father, I need your grace. Engage. Engage. Number two. Number two, obey. Obey. Whatsoever he tells you, do it. Whatsoever he tells you, do it. Tell somebody, warning. Say, warning. The secret to the flow is not just about what you heard, but what you are willing to do. The problem with many Christians is that we are not ready to do what God wants us to do. But we want the results we want from God. Whatsoever he tells you, do it. Why would Mary sound that message? Because Mary knows the son. So Mary says, this man you are going to you don't go to him with your own plans. Because sometimes the things you will say may not be logically correct. It may not be rational. But when you follow it, you get a resource. Anybody has gone to God. You've been in prayer. And what God told you to do doesn't make sense in the natural. But when you did it, the results came in the natural that gave you victory. Anybody knows that sometimes what God will ask us to do doesn't make sense in the natural. But when we follow it, we get the results. Can you believe that Daniel fasted and didn't eat and became more handsome than those who ate? Can you believe that Jesus spat on the floor 
in the clay and mix the clay with the saliva and touch a man's eyes and his eyes will open. What has saliva and clay got to do with the sight? In fact, if you put clay in your eyes, your condition should be worsened. But when you put clay and saliva on the eyes and the instruction of Jesus, your eyes are open. You are too smart for God. Many of your problems are, you are too wise. You are too intellectually sophisticated for God to use you. The reason why you are not seeing the power of God is because you are too connected to the internet. Google is my friend. You can't Google God. You're clapping how you can't. You're not clapping your hands, so you, you can't. You cannot keep good God. Hear me, church. Whatsoever He tells you, do it. Obedience is what brings the supernatural into the natural. What is obedience? Obedience is the readiness to allow Him to make you do all that He has purpose to do through you without doubting the results. So that you obedience the readiness to allow God to do through you all that God has purpose to do in your life without doubting. So doubt is a sign of what? Disobedience. The Bible said if they are willing and obedient, they will eat the good of them. So in order for you to be obedient, you got to be willing. And willingness comes from your will until your will is submitted to God. Obedience is a struggle. You must come to a place in your work with God where your will don't matter. How you feel don't matter. It's about what God wants, how God wanted, when he wanted, who he wants to use. Leave the details for God and let God be God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. The devil is a liar. You cannot move in your floor unless you learn to obey God. Oh, you're clapping and sick in the house. Yeah. Those that eat the good of the land are those who are obedient to God. And obedient to the spirit is not a joke. It's a serious business. Tell somebody, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. You are too smart for God to use you. Say you are too intelligent for God to use you. Say your head is your problem. Say your head is your problem. Say your rationality is your problem. Say you are too much of a logician. In God, we don't talk logic. In God, we don't talk philosophy. In God, we don't rationalize. Because as for God, one plus one can be a thousand. One shall put a thousand to fly. If one shall put a thousand to fly, then two shall put one. 2,000. But the Bible said when it comes to God, two will not put 2,000, but two put 10,000. The grace and the power to make a difference is in your obedience. As you obey God, you restore your flow. <laughs> Number three. Grab some empty pots. Empty water pots. Hear me church. Hear me, church. The flow is restored through empty vessels. Empty vessels. Get some empty water pots. Verse 6. And there were set there six water pots of stones after the man of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three fresh skins apiece. Get some empty water pots. You cannot restore your flow unless you are empty. It's empty vessels that God will use. Not filled vessels. You see, the reason why he said whatsoever he tells you to do is because what God is about to ask you to do next is said that if you are not obedient to God, you will struggle and block the flow. So when Mary said whatsoever he tells you to do, it was she was warning them. 
Because God does not use people who already failed. God will use those who are empty, 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 empty. Your problem is that you are too full for God to fill you. Blessed are those we do hunger and test after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Until you are empty, you are not ready for God to fill you. We need vessels that are empty of themselves, empty of pride, empty of arrogance, empty of what they know, empty of the internet, empty of their so-called knowledge. You got to learn how to empty yourself for God to fill because God will not build on your foundation. A clap in a second heart. You said, empty the vessels because those who are already filled can be filled. Tell somebody, tell somebody, you are too filled for God to fill you. Say, stop singing the song, fill me up. Come on, come on, you're not even, say, stop singing the song, fill me up. Say, say, stop singing it. If you're not truly empty, he can't fill you up. Many of you are asking God to fill you. When you're already filled with your own plans, with your own ideas, with your own calculation, with your own to know, you know too much. You are filled with your pride, with your surname, with your family background, and God will only use empty vessels because he takes the foolish thing of this world to confound the wise, the stone that the builder rejected is what God will use and make it the chief cornerstone. I did not come to preach to those who are filled with their titles, with their knowledge, with their smartness, with their intelligence, but I come to talk to those who said, God, I'm empty of everything. Will you fill me with your power, with your flow? With your oil, with your great come on, clap on it, and say, Fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. I need an infilling. Lift your hands above you as a father, loud as a father, in the name of Jesus. I empty myself. So I empty myself of the pain, of the past, of the hurt, or disappointment, of my own ideology. Say, out, 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 out. Say, empty, empty, empty. Say, Father, I empty myself. Now I'm ready for you to flow in the inside of me. Clap your hands. Say, flow. Are you clapping on today? There is a flow. Oh my God. 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 Blessed are those we do hunger and thirst after righteousness for days I be filled. The Bible said Jesus emptied himself. He was empty. He was empty. You cannot be filled unless you are empty. The Bible says the Bible says that the woman cried to Elisha and says, your servant is dead. I'm in debt. Bankruptcy is before me. Creditors are around to arrest me, my sons. What do I do? Elisha said, what do you have? The widows have nothing except a pot of oil. Elisha said, the link between your liberation from financial embarrassment and shame and your sons being in prison is to get empty vessels. The Bible says, she went and borrowed vessels, but she did not borrow vessels that already filled. She borrowed empty vessels and she kept on pouring. God wants to pour into you, but you are not empty. I want to talk to those who are empty of their own ideas that God has lost it. I needed to figure it out for you. Like Let Panama, the woman kept on pouring. 
Don't borrow a few. Can you smile and tell someone say, don't borrow a few. Say, don't borrow few. Say, what God wants to do, don't borrow few. Say, once you are empty, you are in for surprise. Come on, smile and tell somebody, once you are empty of your own ideas, many came here with their own plan. They came here with their own notebooks. They came here with their boxes that they want God to take for them. God will not build on your foundation. There's no foundation that shall be laid except that which is already laid, which is Jesus in the place of prayer, God that's not only us, sometimes in the place of prayer, God will take from you give me water give me water this sparkling water many of you come to God already filled you have your own plan and you are coming here to church for God to top up your plan. So many of you don't really need God. What you are looking for is a top up. <laughs> because what you have is your own human plans, human ideologies, human strategies, human, human, human philosophies. So what you have is not actually still water. It's actually sparkling trouble water. No wonder your life is full of trouble because what you got is artificial. Some of this is your life. Every day there's a shake. And see. Because the water in the inside of you is sparkling water. He leaded me beside the steel water. Hold it from, hold this one. You got to come to God looking for still waters, not trouble water. Your life is constantly trouble because your water is sparkling, it's artificial. So what do you come to church for? You come to church, God, I came here with my own sparkling water. I know the guy I want to marry, God. He must be tall. Like Goliath. Sparkling water. No wonder you become a spiritual pawn that people are manipulating and destroying you because you came here with your own plans. He must be tall. He must be cute. Six pack, seven pack, eight pack. He must have American accent, British accent. He must have finished this school. This should be his job, his occupation. He must be this, driving a Mercedes-Benz or a Jaguar. Should live in Trasaco. Am I talking to a church right now? Am I talking to a church right now? Because right now, I'm not ready to start anything. God, I want somebody who's already built up. Say, God, I want to be on your side. Because some of you, your prayer, you are asking God to build on your own foundation. What you are asking God for, what you are carrying, what you are requesting, what you are asking God for, is a wrong foundation. So you have sparkling water. And you are asking God to pour his still water on your sparkling water. That's a problem. There's a problem between, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with asking God to pour the Holy Ghost on your human philosophy, your human ideology, your human intellect. It doesn't work. God will not pour on your foundation. God will not build on your foundation. God will not build on your own plan. God will not build your own strategy. God will not build on what you are, what you came here with. The devil is a liar. When you come to God, you must empty everything. Empty everything. Empty the pride. Empty your ideas. Empty your strategy. Empty your scheme. Empty your program. Empty, empty, empty. Come before God empty and say, God, you want to fill me up. You want to do for me that which only you can do in my life. Is somebody ready for God to fill your 
with his plan, ideas, oil, increase, favor, anointing, direction, promotion, exhortation, glory, and honor. The devil is a liar. 2021, the devil is a liar. We destroy every foundation and we are building on the foundation of Jesus Christ because there's no foundation that shall be laid except that which is already laid, which is Jesus. We destroy all foundation and we raise I need you. Lift the hand. Lift the Father. Every strength foundation. So we pull it down. Say, God, build new foundations in my life in Jesus' name. You're not clapping your hands well. Please say, tell sister in prayer. God will not only give to you. But God can take from you. Tell us what you do when what you are asking God for is what God is about to take from you. The devil is a liar. God, will you break me? Will you mold me? Will you fix me? Will you cross me? Will you mend me? Will you turn it around? God, I need to be empty of my pride, of my plans, of my strategy, of my calendar, of my time. For he makes all things beautiful in his time. And my time might not be his time but his time is the best woman my hour and my time has not yet come but when my time is up <laughs> empty vessels empty vessels tell someone at this point I got no plans oh you still got plans at this point I got no plans. So at this point, when they ask me, when I having a baby, say it's in the hands of God. When I have your children, it's in the hands of God. When are you building Christ? It's in the hands of God. When are you building? It's in the hands of God. When are you married? It's in the hands of God. When are you traveling? It's in the hands of God. When are you sitting up? It's in the hands of God. When are you making a yalakutampala? I leave it to God. I trust God for a day. It's like a thousand, and a thousand is like a day. At this point, I got no plan. I empty myself because God will not build on my own foundation. Number four, he says, fill it up. Fill up the vessels. Notice, he didn't say fill it with wine, but he said fill it with water. Notice, he said fill it up. It was water pots. So they will not fill the water pot with wine. They fill the water pot with water. Because in God, those who have the capacity to carry water are those who can produce anything special in God. Look at my church. Don't ask for wine. Ask for water. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Water is symbolic of the spirits. And so watch this. He said, fill the water pot with spirits. Fill the vessel with spirits. Fill the empty vessels with water. And the empty vessels, water is symbolic of the spirit. So he said, these are empty vessels. But once you pour the spirit in empty vessels, you can produce wine. Watch, 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 watch. Why is the influence of the spirit, not the spirit, is the influence. Because wine gives influence. Be, do not be drunk with wine when there's ex, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So wine is the influence. Because whenever you drink wine, whenever the spirit comes upon you, you move like somebody in wine. So wine is not a thing. There is something that produces the influence. What we're talking about, we're talking about the influence of the spirit. Many of you are pursuing the influence, but you are not looking for what produces the influence. Many of you are looking for the anointing, but we're not looking for what produces the anointing. Because the anointing is a shadow of a personality. 
don't look for the church, the prophetic, the growth, the preaching. Don't look for what the anointing brings. Many of you go, wow, when am I going to have a big church? No, when are you going to encounter the Holy Ghost? Because when you have the Holy Ghost, he will bring the so-called big church. You're clapping. Look up, look up. What you are looking for is not the influence. It's not what the anointing does. You're looking for the you're looking for the one who produces what the anointing does. But the anointing itself is a shadow of somebody. Pastor Hyder, come. Look at me. Pastor Hyder, so the anointing is a shadow of God's person. So it means that there's a person and there's a shadow. So you came and said, Me, I want the anointing, but I don't want the person. I don't want to know him. I want to know what he does. So what you're looking for is what? The shadow. You're looking for the person. So Pastor Hira, catch my shadow. No, catch this shadow. Catch, catch. Catch the shadow. Catch, catch the shadow. What happened? He can't catch the shadow. You are looking for the anointing. You can't catch the oil. Because the anointing is the shadow of God. But if Pastor Hira wants to catch the shadow and he decides to catch me, once I am here, the shadow is here. Once you cast God, the anointing will stay. What you are looking for is the person and not the shadow. You are looking for the water that produces the influence and not the influence. You're clapping. It's a good house. Yes, yes. Yes, sir. Fill it with Holy Spirit. Fill it with water. Fill it with water. And they fill it to the brim because there's no space. They fill in water because it's a water that will produce the oil. It's a water that will produce the wine. It is from water to wine. From the spirit to the influence. It's a spirit that will heal the sick. That will break the chains. That will break the yoke. That will set the captive free. They fill it with the water. Hi. Give me one more bottle. Give me one more water. Don't open it. Bring it. Thank you, sir. The Jesus says, number four, number five. Say, draw it. Draw it. Look at me. You can be filled all you want. You are of no use unless you decide to break the ceiling. If you don't remove the lid, you are not usable. Many of you are failed, but there's a lead on you. God says, we can't draw from you unless we remove the ceiling off from you. Hear me, church. It was never wine until it was saved. It was water so long as it was in the vessel. But when you put the vessel to work, to service, it turns from just water to wine. What God put in you remains in you until you put it to service. You will never know what God has planted in you until you start to serve what God has planted in your life. The more you serve, the more you see the influence of the Holy Ghost. You want to see the captive set free, the sick healed, the chain broken, growth, miracles, signs and wonders. Remove the ceiling, remove the lid, and get ready to draw and to serve. You're clapping. 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 You're clapping and sick in the house. Hear me, church. Remove the lid, the covering. Get ready to serve. It was never wine so long as it was in the bottle. So long as it was in the vessel, it was just water. You have no idea what is in you until you put it to use. Many years ago, I encountered him. I didn't know what I had until I started putting to use 
what he planted in me. Come on, smile and tell someone, there's a lot in you. Say, but you will never know it until you go out there and start to preach, until you start to clean the church, until you join the hospitality department, join social media department, until you join EWC life, until you are part of discovery, until you are part of stewards. You want to know what God has put in you, then use what God has planted in you, it's already in you, but once you serve it. When you savage, when you use it, when you practice it, when you put it to use, my God, it shifts from just water to wine. You're clapping. The signals. Look at my church. The wow, the wow will only come when you put your gift to use. Don't use it. It is of no benefit to anybody. That's why anointing is not poured on masters, it's poured on servants. I found my servant David. My holy oil have anointed him. The enemy will not exert upon him. Oil is not poured on masters, it's poured on servants. The Bible said the servant knew where the miracle came from, but the governor did not know. There is something those who serve will know that those who serve don't know. You keep on being a boss, you will never know anything. Even you're clapping, you are not using it. You're, even your shout, you are not losing your shout. It's only house. And finally, he says, Go and give it to the governor. Leadership. Hear me, church. I'll finish with this. You cannot be so anointed that you break leadership. The flow ends so long as there's no spiritual protocol. So long as there's no spiritual order, the oil, the miracle, the influence will never come. By the way, do you know who said it is wine first? It was the governor. By the way, the servant didn't even know. They couldn't confirm it. Can I talk to you right now? There is something about leadership that will confirm who you are. Oh, you know what I said? Come, Chris, come. This guy was walking in a church. Nobody knew him until... Leadership gave him opportunity to sing. And the more he sings, the more he gets better. Because whenever leadership endorses you, introduces you, you are liberty to grow and to do better and to do well. Your clapping It was the governor that said, hey, where is this miracle coming from? This wine is sweet than the earlier one. It was the, it was the leadership. You cannot be so anointed that you break protocol. You break leadership. You can't be so gifted that you can't stay in a group. You cannot be so gifted that your gift destroys everybody. Because there's a difference between giftedness and spirituality. There are people who are gifted but they are not spiritual. They are very carnal. In an atmosphere where there's order, there's a flow. Jesus, can you imagine? It was all the servants. It was the servants that did a miracle. The governor, the governor didn't, he didn't even know what had happened. He was there at the top. He was there all guy at the top. But when the servants finished the miracle, Jesus didn't say, servant, taste it. So don't taste it. Go and give it the governor first. Can you do something behind the scene that nobody knows? And credit is given to leadership and you are not arrogant, you are not sad, you are not broken, you are not confused, but you say, let the glory be given to God. There are many, don't, don't count them, there are people, once you put them in a group, whatever gift they got, everybody must see it. If I'm not the one leading it, I'm not doing it. The servants stayed behind the scene and the governor and the bridegroom took the glory. Can you allow your gifts to be in alignment and in sync Will you not destroy because you are gifted? Can you be in the choir and be a normal person? Without making everybody feel terrible for what you carry? I, by the grace of God, was gifted at the, at the age of 18, 19 years. I had a prophetic gift. And I know what it means to be young and carry a gift. If you are not careful, it can enter your head. And it can destroy you. Do you know? That it was Eli 
that told Samuel, next time we hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, your servant hear it. Because God spoke in the tone of Eli to Samuel. No, when Samuel went to Eli, it was not because he was confused. He heard, no, he actually heard the voice of Eli. Because God will not speak as of the voice that's already in the house. You're not, you're not clapping your hands well. God is not an altar of confusion. If it is confusion, it's not from God. It doesn't matter what. That's why, that's why, please, that's what the people, eh? That's what the people, no matter who they are, no matter what they got, I'm not interested. Because God is not that wicked. That God will use this wicked, you arrogant vessel to speak to me. That's not my God. I'm not saying God can't use broken vessel, poor vessel, nothing vessel, but as for pride, God resists the proud. I'm so anointed, I got born again in my mother's womb. I spoke in tongues in my mother's womb. I anointed myself in my mother's womb. I baptized myself. I called myself. Hey! See you tomorrow. The governor of the feast drank it first. Can you be so anointed and still allow the glory to be given to God and leadership and still watch God for your own time? For he that's faithful in that which belongs to another man, the same will God commit into your hands. Can I talk to you at the church? Will you not scare everybody because you are gifted? Can you be a quesi and humble yourself under a Genevieve? under Emmanuel, under leadership, and allow God to do what God wants to do. By the way, wherever there's confusion, the enemy operates. If you want to see one place of, of where the devil is, is in place of confusion. No matter how right you think you are, if it brings confusion, it's not from God. Bible says, when Saul went to Ramah, to go and arrest David. When he got there, the company of prophets were prophesying and Samuel was appointed as a leader. So even when prophets gathered as a leader, you're clapping in the second house right now. Sit down for two minutes. Bible said, and Samuel was appointed as a leader over there. When the soldiers got there, they prophesied. 50 soldiers. Because whenever there's order, demons can't work. One of the reasons why demons work in Africa is because there's there's chaos everywhere in Africa. The demons are limited in the place of order. Second batch of soldiers, they prophesy. Third prophesy. When he saw himself God, he prophesied until he became naked. He joined the group. See, when the atmosphere is right and we are intentional and we, we operate in ranks and we are in alignment and we serve well, no demon can come between us. Whenever there's break of ranks, the demon can come and us. Saul couldn't pick David from Rama because the atmosphere of Rama in an atmosphere of order demons can't operate. May God fill your house with order. Fill your family with order. Fill your marriage with order. Can you clap on right now and shout yes? Be serious. The problem with our world today is the problem of lack of order. Can't you see that they are trying to make all men women and women men. They are trying to destroy the family order. What man can do, man can do better. Who told you you are fighting a man? Be a lady. Be who God called you to do. Don't carry what God never intended for you to carry. You are carrying too much. Don't be a man, be a woman. And don't be a woman, be a man. Be yourself. Don't let the world change you from who you are not. Be who God originally ordained you to be. And the flow will continue. God bless you. God protect you. God anoint you. Come on, clap your hands right now. Give God praise.